0: Welcome back to the Dell. We are recording this on October 14th, and the government is still closed. Yay? Well, last time I mentioned it, you know, this was the night before the government shut down, on our last recording.
1: We're still capable of recording things. Yes. So that's a good thing. The internet place. is still up. <laughs> but, and uh, you don't have a mohawk yet, and I think that's tragic.
0: I, and I said I was not holding, uh, that was not an actual
1: promise. I was just really hoping all your hair would fall out.
0: I don't think it works that way, and we post a of that hair just... Falls out in the shape of a mohawk.
1: I think it should. And your skin erupts in some sort of leathery substance.
0: Unless it comes with some sort of magical martial arts form, it's not worth
1: it. We could be in our own Magic Boy anime. (laughs) Is there a Magic Boy anime? No, the reference I was making was to Fist of the North Star. Oh, okay. I still want to know if there's a Magic Boy anime. There's Magic Girl anime. Magic Girl
0: is is one. No one wants to see Magic Boys? It's probably been something done.
1: Hmm. Alright, well, come and let me know when you
0: hear this. But uh, nothing of... Pro- I think there's like a webcomic from this country. There's an American webcomic that I've seen that is um Mahou Shounen something.
1: Alright.
0: magical boy. Maho Shoujo is a magical girl.
1: Ah. Okay. So, we watched The Black Hole. Yes. The Disney's first Di- Dis- PG...
0: Disney's first PG film.
1: And, yeah... I wonder if it would have been PG-13 if it would have just been filmed, you know, a short while later. If
0: they, it, I think this would have could have easily been a PG-13 film if the rating had existed. They might have gone a little further. I don't know. Because there were just a couple
1: scenes where you're just like, oh, God. Well, you know, the, the scene when a robot blenders a man's innards. Well, that's one of them. And I just mean, like, simple ones, like when you're looking beneath some of the humanoid robots' masks. and Yeah. And, you know, the whole black hole part.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, the overall themes are more mature than you see in most films, really, that are aimed at families and kids, I'd say.
1: And having had a little while to process and talk about it a little, I'm less inclined to believe that this is really remotely based on Star Wars and more along the lines that it just needed to... They just were like, oh, they did a space thing. Let's do one, too.
0: Well, I mean, when I I say a Star Wars rip-off or Star Wars-era film, I mean, I kind of mean that... Something like you saying, "He's like space movies.
1: Well, there were... Those s- sell a shit ton of toys. There were some movies that were rip-offs yes. of Star Wars. Yes, there
0: were some. You know, there were some that were very close, you know, much more like that. And then there were some like Black Hole, which... Do the space opera aesthetic and the space opera themes.
1: But this is more making. This is basically like making 2001 into a space adventure.
0: I would more say this is taking 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea
1: and putting it in space in
0: a lot of ways.
1: I think it might actually mix those two.
0: There there are elements of both. Um,
1: Will it blend? Yes and no? True enough. Yeah, I
0: mean, I, I think this takes more from the. Like Victorian science romances, I, things like Frankenstein.
1: I did like your comparison to it being a gothic style movie. I don't like think of it as a horror movie, but I do think it's gothic space opera.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not swashbuckling like Star Wars is. It's taking a little more of a different tack.
1: But they did take aspects. Like you have your your, your droid. Oh well, yeah. There there
0: are things that.
1: If you're a, there are
0: ways to pick out your Star Wars-era films. Spaceships, big spaceships, slowly moving through space is one of them.
1: Comic Relief Droid.
0: Co- and Comic Relief Droid. <laughs> this time we got two of them. Oh, wait. We always get two of them.
1: Yep. One of them, like, who are our voices? We had... Uh... It was a
0: Roddy McDowell's, and I want to say Slim Pickens, played Old Bob.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. The Southern Droid. Yeah, the, the <laughs> more old, the old era... That they were the same? No, they weren't the same exact make model, were they?
0: They were in the same uh, line, but they weren't. They were different, I guess, time period, different eras.
1: Fair enough. And they were they were really in their own little mini movie.
0: Yeah, they had their own story that they were following a little bit. And they had their own scenes here and there. And we have technopathy. Yes. Yeah, we we figured out how to telepathically communicate with robots, but not each other. No. Well, maybe maybe it's Bluetooth. Maybe it's like a Wi-Fi thing. You put a Wi-Fi chip in your brain. It goes directly to your robot.
1: Well, can't you just put a Wi-Fi chip in your brain and a Wi-Fi chip in someone else's brain, then?
0: We're talking about X-Men later. No one wants that. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I want to have that to my, to my TV and just be able to control my TV with my brain. I know. And then, you know, just just it'll know what I want to watch, and I'll put that on.
1: I know. I know that's what you want.
0: I'm sorry you don't want to be a transhuman.
1: I... I'm sorry too. <laughs> you should be.
0: Someday, someday as transhumans, will take 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 over this planet.
1: And I hope I'm not here to see it. I
0: hope you are. <laughs> you can join us or die.
1: Bye. <laughs> In any case, my favorite part of the movie was definitely the music.
0: The soundtrack is oddly well done. Because I guess I don't want to say oddly well done. It's I, I want to assume every movie is competently made.
1: That's really what reminds me the most of 2001.
0: It almost feels more Star Warsy and it's because really in two thousand one there's only two pieces of music that are used being you know also and uh, on the beautiful blue Danube.
1: Just saying that's it, it. It struck that chord in me, regardless of whether I'm right or wrong. But I do
0: see that because it, it both both this and two thousand one are darker, and I think the music works especially well when it's building up tension.
1: Right. I mean, obviously this isn't. Exactly a um, philosophical journey through space, but... No. But it is more so than Star Wars, I would say. Abs- yeah, absolutely. Star Wars is nothing more than a pulp adventure in space. But you mean pulp adventure? In space. They were playing a pulp adventure in space to begin with. And I would say in space. Whereas <laughs> other things I would say on Earth, or in the past, or in the future. Okay. I'm just descri- being descriptive. I'm being... Detailed. You know what we haven't done yet. Bitch at each other away. Oh, Told the plot. <laughs> any sort of description of the plot of this film. Well, I think that's the best thing for everyone involved. <laughs> you you do this. Okay. one. Okay.
0: So our basic premise is we have our crew who are looking for new habitable planets. Later they say habitable life, which I don't quite get that phraseology there. So I'm going to translate that to habitable planets. For you know, human expansion.
1: Yeah, that was really a bad vocab. So, yeah, someone
0: didn't edit the script, or someone just misread and didn't catch that in editing.
1: Habitable life forms. Oh yeah, <sighs> they're
0: looking for space whales, like in that episode of Doctor Who.
1: You know, that is actually a great—that's th- a great premise for space porn. We're seeking habitable life forms. We're talking about Barbarella
0: now. It's <laughs> coming kind of later on the Delve eventually. Eventually. Because when I made that list, I hadn't seen Barbarella yet.
1: (laughs) I wish you had. (laughs) Nope, we
0: will talk about Barbarella again and again. Because we haven't done enough Italian sci-fi on this podcast. (laughs)
1: Can we ever?
0: No. Let me do Italian space vampires and Italian. Happy Columbus Day, everybody. (laughs) Because it is, in fact, Columbus Day today. We should have had an Italian porn out of (laughs) watch.
1: I think I'll pass, thanks. (laughs) Or a Giallo picture. I know it's been requested that we watch more things together, but I'm going to draw my line in some points. Italian pornography is just...
0: Yeah. That's somewhere past the line?
1: That's somewhere past the line. Definitely not together. I'd rather not watch it alone.
0: you <laughs> would rather not watch it at all, I think is the... Uh... Yes. Okay. I, I, I see how it is. It'll be a me and Ed Sizemore podcast.
1: You you go for it. I, I will I will moderate the crap out of that one. You <laughs> listen to that episode. <laughs>
0: And no, you know, I really think when he was thrusting into her, that was a really, really well shot. <laughs> the the camera angle was brilliant. So, as I was saying, the plot of black hole. <laughs> we have our band of travelers looking for life. It's a scientist, captain, space telepath, and Ernest Borgnine traveling through the stars. Owen, Owen, young guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, young Swashbuckling guy. Old Swa- older Swashbuckling guy.
1: Young scientist swashbuckling guy. Yeah. And this is this the scientists. Five people on the ship? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And one of the Ernest Bornine. One of the telepath lady.
1: Ernest Bornine. Cowardly Ernest Born Yeah. Oh god, is he cowardly Ernest borne We'll get to that I think we should
0: get to that later. Alright, that's fine. He does. That's fine. We will. So they're on this very fairly small spaceship. And they approach this massive, massive, beautiful spaceship. I, I love this model. No, have.
1: it was a good model.
0: What, what, the only thing it reminds me of is the Javits Center with the <laughs> glass and steel of it. Honestly, that look of just a huge cavernous, like the Louvre. Honestly, another example of just glass and steel building. Sure. Floating in space, orbiting this black hole in stasis for who knows how long and they recognize it as the Cygnus, which had been lost for years under the commands of Hans Reinhardt their Hans Reinhardt played by Maximilian Schell yes who I think when he's on screen takes the takes the you know takes the film Ernest Borgnine usually take, you know coming up second as great actors yeah and so they board this ship their guns are destroyed as soon as they walk on. As always happens when you walk into, you know,
1: the noble evil lair. Just saying, crack shots. These are the stormtroopers we always wanted.
0: Well, you know, when, they, when they're robots, and actual robots, not emotional, not, not droids that have funny voices, <laughs> you, you know what you're doing.
1: The, the droids with funny voices seem to know what they're doing, I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, but those were not movies that I want to watch again I think these were much these were much more like stormtroopers in that they kind of inspired fear fair you know, no one is, is is afraid of a wiry
1: droid true I'm just saying these little tin cans shot pretty well oh, yeah, the they, tin they tin didn't inspire fear yeah the little
0: tin cans shot well but also the um, the big Reinhardt's yeah terror trooper terror droids
1: yes did quite a good job of it as they well. inspired fear you're correct anyways continue and so they go up
0: to the bridge and they see all these humanoid robots, as they call them, working this, ma- again, massive bridge, you know, two floors, a balcony, center column. And while they're there, they meet this robot, Maximilian, who is the head of the you know, the head robot
1: in some sense.
0: You know, big, red, spinning deathblade hands.
1: He's cohort instead of henchman. Yeah,
0: he's you know almost second command, and there's you know I think we we'll get more into his interactions with Maximilian or with the Hans Reinhard a little bit later on because there's something interesting I think there in the film. Mm-hmm. And after they, he starts to approach them menacingly because he is you know a good menacing robot, definitely doing his job. Hans Reinhard comes down in his you know fairly nobleman dress. Well, no. Actually, he's still, he's still a little more of a scientist outfit at this point. Yeah, it's not he gets to dinner.
1: Well, he dresses that he gets, for you know, that he wears his dinner outfit. He dresses for dinner, as one should do, and mm-hmm. a gothic. In a, in a I mean, gothic heart, in a gothic like, especially and dinner being a scene that, if nothing else, strikes you into um, uh, twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Dinner does that,
0: that. That scene is that. That set might have just been the same set from the Nautilus. Very true.
1: In any case, I think you... The the plot being, then they have to deal with Reinhardt and... Will they escape? Will they explore black holes? Blah, blah, blah. Watch and find out. I think you got the plot.
0: I I think I got the the setup of the plot, yes.
1: (laughs) We're just gonna bitch at each other all night, aren't
0: we? Those make the best podcast,
1: okay? I don't know. I I wouldn't know. I've never listened to one. Respond to the comments, people. Um... (laughs) In any case, the, the, like what was your favorite part of the movie?
0: My favorite part, I think, it does come down to that. I tend to like a lot of that Victorian era science fiction. Okay. For you know, both the stuff by Jules Verne and stuff by Mary Shelley, Mhm. and I think this evokes that in a lot of ways and blends it really well with uh, space opera things, that you know, taking things we've said 2001 several times, we've said Star Wars several times, and that actually be just at that right era that these writers were able to make a film that worked quite well.
1: Okay. what did you, did you have any part that you didn't like? I, the music, honestly, for me, there was one scene that did not seem right. No, yeah. I remember that. f
0: it's when, it's a very, it's, he, so we have our, the female telepath is about to be converted into one of these humanoid robots. And, yeah bit of a spoiler This film is, you know, 30-something years old.
1: 79, so yeah. So 30 yeah.
0: 34 years old at this point. Oh, 33, came out.
1: December. Yeah, so...
0: Close enough. old, but... So we find out that Hans Reiner had converted the, the crew of this ship into essentially robots. He converted most of their parts. and
1: Lobotomized humans and robot yeah. parts.
0: And you were, like, legitimately creeped out. We were both legitimately creeped out when we saw... Yeah. Their face came out. And they did a creepy special... A creepy design.
1: Absolutely. It was... They did a really good job at that. And keep, like, the reveal for that. But, um... I know exactly the scene. So, the, the She's gone... They go to rescue her. And there's a firefight... And it's almost like, was it like hijinks music? I can't remember it, exactly. It
0: felt more like the scene in Star Wars going back to now. Or there's only so many can reference Star Wars. But when you have Luke and Leia together escaping from the Death Star, as they you know swing across the pit and that kind of sequence, it had that more of a triumphant feel to it, when it should have had more of a, t- you know, a building tension of him trying to save her as she's about to be lobotomized. Definitely. Not them, it felt they kind of mistimed it. If they put maybe two minutes later, as they were escaping and shooting robots... Yeah, I didn't... It would have worked a little better.
1: It's not only that, like, and I I almost disagree with that, because... This isn't Star Wars. There's no part of this that's... that's there's no part of this movie that's uplifting in the least. No. And the, mov- the music they used was kind of like heroic, uplifting, here's your trophy.
0: Yeah, it's a triumphant piece to, you know... We're winning. We're taking down. We're taking him down.
1: It reminded me a lot of like the, the when they were handing out medals at the end yeah. of Star Wars. Yeah. And I'm just like this is. There's no. There's no uplifting part. We're escaping with our lives, and God knows whether that will actually succeed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's always a feeling of dread in this film because they are a circling a black hole and they kind of consistently make references to hell. And, you know, we're looking into the mouth of you know
1: terror, mm-hmm. and-, and they've been leading up to that. And there's definitely. Um, it's that—that's that gothic nature coming out and dealing with God and Satan and all this. I think my favorite part was Maximilian.
0: I think he's definitely out there you know, doing things right.
1: He—he—he's this great henchman who you just know doesn't really have like he doesn't. There's no real loyalty in him. Well, there,
0: there isn't. and at one point when you have the two of them are trying to escape. He goes very close to them, and, you know, uh, not Maximilian, but Hans Reinhardt goes up to him and says, Help me escape. Maximilian's trying to kill me. And you it, see fear in him, that he knows he's gone too far mm-hmm. with Maximilian. And that he Maximilian is trying to take over. Definitely. In his silent, menacing way.
1: Like, he just has so many great, like, throwaway scenes, too. Like, um, when, they, when you first meet old Bob... And he just knocks him off of the table, and how he, you, you know, he's just seething at not being in control of the situation with these new people. How they're like, you know, he's been instructed to do what they want him to do, and you know, he just wants to kill them all.
0: Well, yeah, he, I mean, he doesn't like he doesn't like serving Hans Reinhardt. and now he has more people he has to deal with.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's definitely was my favorite part. My my least favorite part has to be the gothic black hole. The, the the final sequence the final sequence, it 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 was horrible,
0: horrible. It's not horrible. I disagree with that. It's, it's horrible. Strange.
1: It just, I it it was too much. It, it came. It it was too much. It's
0: heavy-handed beyond belief. I think.
1: But um, maybe it's an aspect of its its time period. Maybe it's an aspect of the. It's gothic nature, but I, it was just too much. To me,
0: that's what seals the gothic nature for me. I don't know if it's really a time period thing. You don't see too much with science fiction of heaven and hell at that point.
1: But that I don't. I'm not a aficionado of period science fiction. Oh, we're gonna have to watch more movies then. I, I apparently I am slowly being educated in this, but.
0: You are. Aren't we all?
1: But, like, mostly we've. We've been in the 80s scope with, like, with brief forays into other time periods. Yeah, I
0: mean, I, I, it's interesting that we've, that, like, science fiction lists very much focused on the 80s. And this is, yeah. 79 is, you know, getting close to that. Mm-hmm. This is the same year as Starting the Motion Picture, comes out. mm mm-hmm. you know, Another kind of heavy sci-fi film.
1: God, I haven't seen that since I was, like, five. Well,
0: everyone knows it because the, the sequel is more enjoyable. Yeah. And better. I'm not going to mince words here. In but, every way possible. But the, but the original film is a bit of a more psychological... Yeah. ...heavy piece. I recall a
1: few p- bits and pieces of it.
0: I mean, it might be interesting to do an episode on, like...
1: I mean, it should probably be on the delve list.
0: But the thing is, the delve list was built of things we haven't seen. Hmm. So, you know.
1: But, in any case, um, what are some of the other things you wanted to point out about this?
0: I think that we, we don't, we've talked a little bit about the effects in this one, but... Yeah, often, this is compared to Tron as sort of two, uh, you know, alternate ends of the Disney live action era. Because this is. Cause after this, they found Touchstone. hmm. And that sort of takes over their live action films. Okay. So, this for a long time ends Disney's live action work.
1: I was a really big fan of the effects in this. But you, you, mean, um, you weren't a big fan of I was. Oh, well,
0: Yeah. I, I saw them on. Like, I really do. Um,
1: I thought they did the droids really well. I enjoyed the space scenes it definitely peeled you off. it was according to the space part of things and seeing the ships it wasn't a space adventure no they set their scene very well with that I think
0: it's a it, it's paced slower it's more deliberate I't do know if that might be a word
1: definitely it was definitely more realistic
0: yeah
1: um and I did like there were things that I saw that them them do that. I didn't really know. Like, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know how in 1979 you're doing this droid thing, but I dig it.
0: Oh, uh, I know the way they got the droids to move was they actually, any time the droids were on the screen, they filmed it upside down so that the string was in the bottom. Right. And you, so, But you normally look for the string above the head. Okay. So what they did was make it float accurately. Uh-huh. Was to just film it upside down and then turn it when they moved it to, to, to film. Okay. So that way you never you wouldn't look for the string above it,
1: and I didn't. It's, and, and
0: it's one of those. At this point in the '70s, you know where you're going to look where people look for things.
1: Well, actually, I, I would argue too. Coming back from 2013 and looking at this movie, I have to admit I wasn't looking for a string at all.
0: Oh, I mean, and maybe
1: maybe that's the secret. The secret
0: is <laughs> you get so used to CG that the idea of Moving things with strings is so anathema to you.
1: Yeah, I never, it never even crossed my mind that he could be being held up with a string. <laughs> wow. I know, bravo.
0: Bravo, bravo, <laughs> James Cameron. You have made old films look better. <laughs> even ones that you didn't work on. When you were a special effects guy back in the day, working on worm rape scenes of Terror?
1: Mm. Nope. Haven't seen it.
0: I don't know if I can comfortably put that on the Dell. That's, it wasn't an invitation. <laughs> Sunday we'll do a Roger Corman episode and that'll be on there.
1: No, I like that we were mentioning before when you start recording. I feel like things like Event Horizon watched this movie and kind of at least, you know, took parts of it and been like, yeah, that sounds like an interesting premise. Yeah, I mean I think
0: that this film a lot of people, a lot of people saw it at the time, but it didn't really ever get a lot of traction.
1: I had never heard of it.
0: It kind of gets lost in the mix, and there is talk of a remake. But I think you know every film that has any sort of following nowadays has talk of a remake.
1: Yeah, because you know that's the, I've heard that that's an aspect of um, economy. Yeah, the harder hit your economy is, the more you just remake films.
0: And you know who I would love to see as Hans Reinhard? Idris mm. Elba. What's he been? Uh, he was Heimdall in Thor. Oh, okay. He's also he's also Luther on the TV show Luther.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. So I, I, I just
0: really I want him to play. I would love to see him play a sort of suave. That's possible. Villain type character. He's did very good in Pacific Rim.
1: Yeah, I haven't seen it
0: yet. Well, they come out tomorrow. Oh, exciting! And uh, it will be in my house tomorrow <laughs> with the toy for the special edition. Nice.
1: I know you're excited. I am so
0: excited to watch that movie again. I've only seen it three times. <laughs> I don't rewatch things, but when I do, I keep rewatching them.
1: I I empathize with you. In any case, um. What are the parts? Talked about the music. Yeah, talked about. The, the effects. Effects. The actors. Actors are. At, adequate. At worst,
0: adequate. I mean, if, I think. Maximilian Schell does a very good job, and I think Ernest Borgnine.
1: Oh, that's who we want to talk about cowardly Ernest Borgnine. Oh Nine. yes, cowardly Ernest Borgnine.
0: So as the Cygnus, you know, this gigantic ship of Hans Reinhardt is, you know, blowing up. hmm He Ernest Borgnine the, the the crew is, you know, intends to escape on their ship that they had docked with. Right. And he you know, Ernest Borgnine, coward that he is
1: Well, they have to go rescue them.
0: They have to rescue their last few, and he's there, I'll get the ship ready. And he has no intention to get in the ship ready waiting for them.
1: But he's forced to go along with them. Yes. They they stress, like, there's only two people left on the ship. It's a young scientist and Ernest Bordenheim. And he's like, come on, we gotta go and rescue them. And Ernest Bordenheim's like, really? And he's like, yes. So they go. And then he... Falls down. He's like, after a brief, like, I think an explosion. It's not an explosion. He he immediately stumbles stumbles and... Right. And he stumbles and he's like, oh, my leg. And young scientist, being young and idealistic, goes, oh, that sucks. Go back to the ship and get it ready. We'll be there just momentarily. Well, he says, wait here for me. Oh, that's... I thought he sent him back. No, he said like, his weight here, like under
0: this desk. Okay. So he a shot, and then immediately Ernest Borgine gets up and runs back to the ship.
1: Yes, and trots along very healthily. Yeah, fine. Totally
0: fine. <laughs> Did not get hurt <laughs> at all for a second.
1: Beautiful, beautiful scene. You're sitting here watching it going, What the
0: fuck What a <laughs> And I I do like that there you know that he shows that weakness there. Because I wouldn't you don't expect that in a lot of like family films, that you have someone who just breaks like that.
1: The, the closest thing I could come to is, um, Dr. Oh, what was the doctor's name? In? Oh, um, Lost in Space.
0: Oh, yeah. Dr. Smith? Dr. Smith, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he never gets, you know, gets a comeuppance for that, really, of, you know. No, but Ernest Bordenheim does. Yeah, Ernest because Hans Reinhardt has said, Any ship that leaves, shoot it down! Mm-hmm. And, following Did- orders... It gets shut down and he dies.
1: And I love how his crew's just like, "Well, thank God he was a coward. That could have been us up there." Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, at this point, he betrayed them. There was no. They didn't really. They didn't think. They didn't thought of another way off yet. Not yet.
1: But yeah, I mean, that was that. That was my favorite scene in the whole movie. Was just him standing back up, and he starts at a slow trot, and then he just and moves. Bolts. <laughs> he bolts back to the ship because
0: he wants to get the hell out of there. As the whole thing falls into the black hole. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, that's it was entertaining. It was by no means what I would consider a uh, fantastic movie.
0: I think it it I, I think you give me a little less credit for the you know, the emotional depth of the characters there. I, I, think don't think know. I don't I don't I don't think they there. conveyed it well. I I think at least Borgon and, and, and Maximilian Shell do a Great job, and they show real emotion in I think, a lot of their parts.
1: I think Reinhardt does well, but really, as emotional contrivances go, like he and Roddy McDowell, the 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 droid that comes with them, are like the really like the people who are really leading with emotives. Everyone else, I think, like I didn't really like the telepath is supposed to have. um Lost her father yeah, here, and I didn't
0: carry good Enough, honestly. Or... Young
1: scientists, no. Ernest Borgnine carries being cowardly, fine. Which is
0: Which is really what we remember about him.
1: But he doesn't really like. There's nothing really starkly rem- stark about his portrayal that I'm just like wow. No, like for the most part, I thought the cast was adequate, but with a few bright moments. And it was sad that the droid of all things was like. The most emotive cast member. I don't see why that is necessarily sad. I mean... It, it even... was sad because later on, they make the statement, He gave his robots emotions? In disbelief. <laughs> well, because they were having a funeral. In disbelief. Considering they're carrying Roddy McDowell with them. They programmed
0: their offer for sarcasm for some reason. Not true emotion. He won't mourn a death. He'll just make a snarky comment.
1: Just saying, it's. I felt a little bit of hypocrisy there. <laughs> that's
0: obviously that they programmed Vincent to be sarcastic.
1: But I, I believe and snarky. I believe if we were going the Siskel and Ebert route, you would give it two thumbs up, and I will give it a thumb up, thumb down.
0: I think they each had one thumb. And that's really? Work.
1: I think that's it. that's it's sad. It. Can not we do four? No. We'll base it on that. <laughs> So a yep. total of three thumbs up.
0: Yes. Fine.
1: I'll accept that.
0: I'll, gi- I'll give it one and a half thumbs up. I think. I think it doesn't get a full two. <laughs> All
1: right. So two and a half thumbs up it yeah. is. Yes, two out of
0: th- two and a half out of four.
1: In <laughs> <laughs> uh, any case, what is next on the Delve? Next up, as below the laws of probability tell us, inevitably you'd be given a pick. Score. I thought it would never happen, and I know you're just ragging on me in math because you're the giantest douche in Dushonia, but... Well, because you
0: said it would never happen.
1: I said I felt like it would never happen. Feelings are different, Vinny.
0: Feelings should be inspired by logical thought.
1: Yeah, okay, Spock. And anyways, what I've picked has nothing to do with science fiction at all. I've picked a black comedy called Eulogy. So, so you race-danced it.
0: Hmm? Think, think of... Keep your mind... Keep your mind clear. <laughs> Who would ever think the same of man would destroy us all?
1: No, I was... I was under the impression that we did not have to pick science fiction no. movies for our own picks. I did not either.
0: I still think I picked a genre?
1: I don't know. I don't you pick- picked Wicked City. Yeah, I did, <laughs> Which is a genre piece. But I don't necessarily consider it science sci-fi. No, I don't. I picked a genre piece, too. It's black comedy. Is that even a genre? This is totally a genre. Okay. See you in hell.